Other Side of Midnight presents The Midnight Files. going on in the world of podcasts, and we have seen some interesting things happen in recent years, because whether it's some Netflix documentary series, whether it's HBO or Showtime documentary series, or whether it's the world of podcasting, we have seen actual cases have major developments in some cases, even with books, but we are seeing actual cases have major developments, calls for cases to be reopened, calls for people to be released from prison, calls for people to be indicted or charged with a crime because of the work that is happening in the true crime area, true crime books, true crime television, true crime radio, and true crime podcasts. Now, one of the guys that has just been doing an incredible job in this area is T.Z. Borden. He's the creator and the host of the True Prime the True Crime podcast Tapes from the Dark Side. This is a really interesting podcast. Really probably more interesting than a lot of the true crime podcasts that you might have heard about. It's a show that focuses on bizarre and lesser known criminal cases. It has over 300,000 streams and right now it is one of the top 1% of podcasts in the entire world. Thrilled to be joined by T.Z. Borden. Uh, Hello there, T.Z. Hey, Frank. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on. So tell us about Tales from the Dark Side. What sparked your idea for for this? I mean, it's not unusual to have a podcast that features a well-known crime, but to choose to focus on a lesser-known series of crimes, that's pretty unique, pretty unusual. What sparked your idea for this? Well, the true crime world is a little bit saturated, kind of... um, as you were alluding to with Netflix covering a bunch of true crimes. And I feel like everybody has heard the Ted Bundy story and, um, you know, we, we've all heard the major killers out there and there's so many cases. I mean, every day there's probably, you know, a hundred cases that you could cover that are interesting and fascinating. And I had a number of them. I kind of grew up, on uh, horror and true crime and all that kind of stuff. So there have been cases in my head that I've always kind of wanted to know more about, and I've done a little research on my own. But um, with the podcast, I'm able to really hone in and focus and, um, you know, get access to uh, police records and recordings and um, try to find out, like, what makes a killer, what's behind these crimes, and uh, try to tell those stories 
How do you choose uh, which crimes you focus on? Well, that's the fun part of being an independent show is that I can basically choose whatever I'm interested in. So the first season was about a case of a guy named Mark Redwine in Colorado who um, his son disappeared the night after he went to visit his dad. His parents were divorced. And just a few months prior, um, the son had found sexual fetish pictures of his dad on a laptop computer. And then the son went missing. And around a year later, they found the son's skull behind the dad's house about a mile away. And so all the eyes were on the dad and he kind of said everything you could say wrong. And it was just so fascinating to watch uh, uh, somebody kind of self-destruct in real time. And there was so much media on it. There was Dr. Phil, there were Nancy Grace interviews. There was um, just tons of stuff to dig through. And that's what I enjoy doing. What I think is really unique about your podcast and uh, where if people could check it out, it's called Tapes from the Dark Side. You can go from, go to the website, tapesfromthedarkside.com, and there's all sorts of links on there, is the way that you use audio. And uh, if you listen to those episodes from season one, focusing on the uh, the killing of uh, Dylan Redwine, it's really very, very cleverly put together in terms of using audio. Tell me a little bit about your your methodology in terms of how you string audio together for these true crime stories. So it's basically just collecting in the in the first stage, just getting access to as much stuff as I can. And, um, you know, basically YouTube is a huge resource now, um, but there's so many clips that are kind of buried in YouTube that maybe have you know, a couple hundred views or maybe even only a dozen or two views. Um, and we got access to a clip where a kid was talking about how Dylan was known to hitchhike and that had not really been covered very much. And it was the only plausible alternate theory. If the dad happened to be innocent, which personally, I think when you listen to it, it's, it's, uh, fairly clear who, committed the crime. But as far as an alternate theory, um, that was one of the the things that we really tried to see, like the weather on that day, um, his friends saying that he had hitchhiked in the past. And so just little things like that, that, you know, if you're a news station or you're writing an article on it and you have like a day to turn it in or a week, you're not going to be able to really spend the time to get you know, really little minute things like that. So those, those are the kind of things that I really like to uh, dig for and try to find. Season two of your podcast, and again, if people are just tuning in, we're talking with TZ Borden. He is the host of Tapes from the Dark Side, an investigative true crime podcast that focuses on bizarre and lesser-known cases. Season two, you focus on... What happened at Waco? Now, a lot of us have uh, remember uh, what happened at Waco, but summarize this for maybe some of our younger listeners that don't remember living through the the Waco horror. Yeah, sure. So when you hear Waco, Texas, most Americans think of um, Koresh and the cults 
and the siege that right, the branch happened. Davidians and so forth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's um, so we actually we're not covering that. So it's a different, much older case. And this is kind of goes back to being an independent podcast. I could kind of pick uh, any case I wanted. And this case really got my attention. It was a crime that occurred on May 15th, 1916, which just happened to be uh, the same day as my birthday, May 15th. And for some reason, you know, coincidence, it just kind of caught my attention. And reading about it, I think it's got to be one of the most brutal crimes in American history. Um, and the fact that it's so, uh, you know, obscure. Um, it was a 17-year-old uh, boy who worked on a farm. He was accused of rape and murder of a white woman who was in her 40s. And this teenager, 17 years old, Jesse Washington, was black. And it was very much mob justice at the time. Um, he was arrested. He got a trial, the, uh, if you could call it that. It was uh, kind of a mock trial. Um, and the jury deliberated for four minutes. It was an all-white jury. They convicted him unanimously. And then before really any sentencing could happen, the mob grabbed him. And that's when the Waco horror began, which is uh, the lynching of Jesse by a, a crowd of about 15,000 who had come to Waco from surrounding areas and the town of Waco. And the way they lynched him, I don't know if we could even say it here. It was just one of the most mm. brutal, uh, insane uh, sexual violence, um, torture, hours and hours of torture, uh, burning and, and, um, just horrific, absolutely horrific stuff that you really think that a civilized nation, uh, you hope wouldn't be capable of, but it, uh, it happened. I'm looking forward to hearing that, uh, that season, that series of episodes. Now, sometimes the, the series of episodes on Dylan Redwine was about 10 episodes, but the series on the Waco Horror was only about three episodes. How How is that that you find you're able to tell one story in ten segments, but another story you could, you're able to tell in only three? Yeah, so when I set out, I kind of have a rough idea of how, how many episodes it will be. Um, and that's kind of based on um, just the material that's present. Uh, we probably honestly could have done a couple more episodes in season two, but it really felt like the story uh, was best told in the part one kind of setting up the uh, the kind of um, situation that made a lynching like that possible. Then we covered the lynching and then we covered the aftermath of the lynching and um I uh, forget which year it was. I think it was in the seventies. There was a series of tornadoes that ripped through Waco and took almost the path identical that uh, Jesse Washington's lynching took. And it was uh, kind of considered um, maybe a uh, karma, spiritual karma, if you believe in that kind of thing, maybe not, you know, who knows, but it was a fascinating coincidence nonetheless. And uh, the way the town processed it and is still processing it is uh, a fascinating thing to kind of see how you, uh, you know, 
cope with that kind of thing in your in your city's past and in our nation's past. And it was kind of right when the Black Lives Matter movement was on fire. Sure. And it f- felt like a very relevant thing to kind of like see that through the lens of um, a horrible event in the past. Um, but yeah, season one, uh, it was a little bit of uh, shorter episodes. So that's kind of why it, it took a little longer. That was the first time I ever tried a a uh, documentary narrative podcast. So it was kind of uh, learning the ropes a little bit. Um, but yeah, and then season three is actually five episodes. So we've kind of run the gambit of. So se- season three is really interesting. You you deal with Don Spirit killing his family in 2014. A fellow named Don Spirit called 911 to announce that he'd killed his daughter and six of his grandchildren and said he would be waiting for the police on the back porch of his home in Florida where he planned to kill himself. Now, you'd think that when a story begins with killing six people, uh, well, seven people, I guess, where does the story go from there? Do you work backwards in terms of why somebody would commit such a horrible atrocity? And then how do you do your investigative work for a crime like that? Who do you speak to? How do you delve into a subject like that? Yeah, that's another one that really uh, just grabbed me from the first time I heard that 911 call. It was made public when um, Don Spirit calls 911, tells them he's shot his daughter, six kids, and he's going to shoot himself as soon as the police show up. Now, why why wait till the police show up? Who knows? Um, and actually, that's <laughs> questions like that. It's kind of what inspires the deeper digging because this story is, uh, I mean, every crime story has elements in it that you just you really uh, don't believe it until you see it. Uh, I, I do believe after covering some of these cases that uh, truth is stranger than fiction. Um, and so in the case of the of Don Spirit, I really wanted to figure out, first of all, uh, honestly, and maybe this will sound crass, but I wanted to know the details of exactly what happened. Um, did he line his kids up against the wall and shoot them all? Or, you know, how the hell do you, how do you pull the trigger on a, uh, handgun, uh, three feet away from a six month old child? That's your granddaughter. doesn't make sense. Like it defies, uh, comprehension. Um, and that's exactly what he did. He walked through the house one by one and executed every one of his grandchildren after he shot their mother, um, his daughter. And then he did shoot himself uh, once the police showed up. Mm. And so that was the first step is figuring out how all that played out. Um, and so we go into it. So if you're sensitive to violence against children, it's definitely a season to skip. Um and then just dissecting the factors of, you know, I think we all have that question. Are some human beings born evil or are there certain circumstances that create a, a person to that could do that kind of thing? Mm. And at least in Don Spirit's case, it seemed a little bit, a little bit of both, but more of the latter he seemed like not the most agreeable person to begin with. 
But once we dug open his history, there was uh, the main thing was addiction to a drug called spice, which I don't know if you're familiar with. It's also called K2. Right. It's, or, like, it's sort of like an artificial marijuana, right? Or synthetic marijuana. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's very often uh, referred to as a synthetic marijuana, which is m misleading to a point because although it binds to some of the same receptors in the brain, it's a full uh, agonist instead of a partial agonist. I might be saying that wrong. I'm not a, I'm not a chemist or anything like that, but it binds fully to those receptors. So it can cause instead of, you know, when you smoke a joint, you get a little, you know, it's a little party, but when you smoke K2, you can have full on um, hallucinations, like full blown seeing things that aren't there, uh, forgetting your name, almost mm. always is followed by violent vomiting, uh, violent thoughts, thoughts of suicide. And this is people who've only smoked it once and have permanent brain damage from smoking it. It's, it's the drug that, uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, movies and stuff warned you about marijuana that weren't true. This sure. is the drug that they were actually warning you about. Didn't exist back then. But, um, so that was a major factor. And then come to find out that actually in 2001, 13 years before, uh, any of the, the, uh, tragedy happened, Don Spirit had shot and shot and killed one of his, children, uh, an eight-year-old named Kyle uh, with a hunting rifle mm. in what was declared a hunting accident. But man, that opened a whole other can of worms. Is there any possibility that was done with malice given that, you know, 13 years later, he killed his whole family? Well, that, that's what I was going to ask you. Have you found that any of the work that you've done in the four seasons that you've been doing this podcast has led to new developments in these cases in terms of law enforcement um, or may, taking a fresh look at some of these crimes? Uh, not in anything I've covered. Um, you know, in season four, though, I will say we're covering a crime from Australia. We've yeah. just started. Yeah, in fact, we have a preview, and this is uh, very big, and we appreciate the opportunity to preview season four and again, uh, people can check out the podcast at TalesFromTheDarkSide.com. This is a little bit of what people are in tune for and in store for if they listen to the newest season of Tapes. I said Tales. Tapes from the Dark Side. And uh, season three of Tapes from the Dark Side. Brings you a new tale true crime yes ma'am I, I um i just shot my daughter and shot all my grandkids and i'll be sitting on my step and when you sit here i'm going to shoot myself tapes from the dark side is a serialized true crime podcast each season we take one case and investigate in depth using original source audio and legal documentation to break down exactly what occurred, the potential motive behind each crime, and the judicial implications for those involved. This is Season 3, The Spirit Family Massacre. I think everyone has a bit of a fascination with the dark side. I actually obviously misspoke there. That was the uh, the promo 
for season three, not season four, but season four is uh, available now. There are at least a couple of episodes that are getting a lot of attention. And uh, I didn't mean to cut you off there, TZ. But what is what is season four about? This is something that's uh, that's pretty interesting uh, going back to 1963. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, that's all I was going to say is that it's actually uh, season three. But, yes, yeah, season four, um, we're covering a crime from Australia which uh, is foreign to me. You know, I've never been to Australia. I know very little about the country, but there was a crime that occurred in 1963 or supposed crime where um, on New Year's Eve, uh, two people who were both um, married, not to each other, were found dead uh, by a river. And it was thought to be some kind of poisoning, but there was no uh, obvious signs of poisoning. All the tests came up negative. And, um, you know, that also opened a huge investigation. It was, as far as I know, I think it was Australia's first like big national crime that gripped the country in there, you know, kind of set off their crime frenzy over there. And uh, the, the, how many seas, How many episodes will this be? I know there's two available now. Is that uh, is that it, or will there be some more editions of that one? There will be at least two more. So I'm actually recording the third episode right now, where we're getting into all of the theories. There was uh, theories that LSD might have played a role. That Yohimbine, which is a uh, natural aphrodisiac from Hmm. North Africa might have played a role, might have been an overdose. Uh, there was theories of CIA being involved because they, everybody at the party worked for um, the CSIRO, which is a government organization in Sydney, Australia, um, that, was, uh, that was researching um, microwave technology and like some like space stuff, UFOs, all this kind of weird stuff. So people went wild with conspiracy theories. Love it. I love it. That's great. Uh, why do you think, and uh, you've got to have you back because there's some fascinating cases that we didn't have an opportunity to get to, but what do you attribute the explosion of interest in the true crime field to, whether it's television, movies, podcasts, there's no doubt about it that uh, the public seems to be fascinated by this stuff. Why do you think that is? Well, it's interesting. So uh, true crime is, I think it's around 70 to 80% is a female audience. And um, that's that's pretty uh, unbalanced when you think of other forms of media. It's almost like they're sports, right? Which is a little strange. But I, I think it comes from a desire to... Uh, empathize with the victims. And also, I think there's a natural, um, besides for the natural curiosity, there's like a, and I don't know if it's necessarily um, comes true, but there's like that desire to maybe learn how other people met their end and maybe see if there's something we can learn from that or keep ourselves safe. Like if we know the way mm -hmm that killers attack, maybe we can prevent it from happening, which is a little bit of, um, uh, you know, I mean, they say like the, the true, you know, master mind serial killers are ones you would never suspect the Ted Bundy's and the Dahmer's. So it's really, you know, unless you're going to live in, in total paranoia, but there sure. are certain things you can do, you know, uh, just it, to keep yourself. 
TZ, we're going to have to end it there. I very much appreciate the time this morning. Good luck with the podcast. If people want to check it out, they can go to tapesfromthedarkside.com. Let's talk again soon. All right. Thanks so much, Frank. Appreciate it.